Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay Anelli, and I play Smart, a goblin engineer, in our D&D adventure, Drowned Secrets. I'm Lorelai Weissel, and I play Ruse, a shape-shifting pirate flirt who is amazing and likes money. I'm Brian Dawes, and I play Bindoran, the Lanawar mystic. And I'm Chris Delano, and I play everyone else who shows up because I'm the DM. <laughs> uh, and this week, we don't really have any news to talk about. We're just going to jump right back into what will uh, hopefully be, or possibly, probably, most likely be the final episode of this adventure. Uh, last we left off, the party had been deposited in the home of Azoni, the Thousand-Eyed, who apparently had contracted with Atrada, the silencer from the Demir, to assassinate Vraska. Uh, Atrada, who had led the party to her home, had to dip out really quickly because there were some guards on their trail. And now they've been left there alone, as Azoni kind of realizes, maybe this isn't really the crack team of assassins she was hoping for, and she's going to have to make do with it. Hey, uh, I just want to cut in and, uh, you know, mention, I did not roll critical hit uh to to resist getting dragged into this house by bugs for you to tell me that i was deposited in it okay <laughs> i stepped over that threshold with under my own strength and will okay <laughs> you made that choice for some reason uh that's just how ruse thinks well you're getting paid maybe hopefully you got paid some xenos i took um, my shinies yes uh actually in fact um before we start Ruse, roll me a, a... I guess this would be a perception check. There's lots of perception checks in this game. Well, I didn't even do anything yet. Just, just, yeah. Uh, that is a nine. Uh, so, okay, you don't notice anything. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> See, we, we could have just not done that at all. Oh, no, it's fine. Uh, Azoni has just realized that Smurt is a goblin who... Uh, you showed off your little cannon... And now she's looking at you, and she seems a little disappointed in what she has discovered are her assassins for Vraska. Uh, she's just looking at you. She goes, oh, they sent an it goblin. Oh, we are so... Well, technically, I'm not part of the it tribe, per se. I know it's a technical difference for a lot of people. We don't... We're not all the same, okay? I am not an it goblin i am a goblin who has spent time with the is it at this point i will change from my sh spider shape back to an elf um she looks over as you do that she goes oh oh i'm a little disappointed i thought you were a spider <laughs> i guess <sighs> i mean i guess he can this be will a spider work. whenever he wants to be you might want to do the spider thing again before we get to svogthos um oh definitely i, I definitely will it won't be too far. Since you are probably all aware, you know, Vraska has been missing for quite some time. Uh, even when she wasn't actually missing, she's not really been very here. She's been distracted by something. Uh, she recently left with a bit of fanfare, and we're not entirely sure where she's gone off to. But uh, tonight, I will be meeting with the other leadership of the guild to discuss our future. We are going to be settling the state of the position of guildmaster among the Golgari. Of course, it's going to be me. 
As is my right. You understand, correct? No. Sure. I don't really care. Of course the elf would understand. As you know, we, we Devkarin are the true masters of the Golgari. Anyhow, Vraska will certainly make some move to reclaim her throne tonight if she's ever going to come back, and I want to make sure that that doesn't happen. If she were to return, she would absolutely be welcomed back into her position by those crawl and the other representatives of the guild and those liches that she's consorted with, and I want to make cer- certain that that doesn't happen. Atrada was very helpful in providing me with Okay, maybe helpful is a little bit of an exaggeration. She's provided me with the three of you. I I, I finger guns in response to that. <laughs> As you know, the guilds aren't exactly allowed to kill each other so openly. And because of that, I um, couldn't trust Atrada to do the work that needed to be done to eliminate Vraska. So that's going to be your job. You see... I will be meeting in the main chamber at the throne with the other representatives of the guild, and if Raska were to show up, she would certainly have to come through the doors of the guild. She'd have to go straight into Svogthos, and in that case, you're going to be there to stop her. It will only take some amount of time for me to seize ownership of the guild, and once I have, she will no longer be a threat. So once you see her, just simply kill her. Are we ready to go? Oh, and a very important point, keep your eyes closed at all times. What, like, right now? No, when Vraska arrives, she'll turn you into stone. Smirk opens his eyes again uh, when when Ruse says that, <laughs> and Dizoni says no, because the moment uh, she said, keep your eyes closed, he scrunched them down. But if our eyes are closed, how do we know when she arrives? You know, I was really expecting some more higher class of assassin. Anyways, we really should be going. The council will be meeting very soon. Hey, I am the classiest bitch this side of the multiverse, so settle down. This side of the what? I, You know, I don't have time to deal with this. Uh, Hopefully none of you are guild-aligned, are you? All the other worlds out there? Come on, you don't know? She just stares at you kind of blank. Where do you think Vraska's been? I I don't understand how your, like, hitman contractor knows more about this stuff than you do. Atrada is very well knowledgeable. She took this job quite quickly. I'm sure she has her own reasons for wanting to eliminate Vraska. Anyways, as I said, we'll be meeting soon, and I need you to come with me. This, this entire time she's been talking, I would have been trying to get a short rest in. Yeah, y'all have a five-minute short rest. Or a ten-minute short rest. One of those two. Five minutes. So we can say this conversation counts as a short rest for y'all. Awesome. Because I want my wild shape back. Um, So how... I've been to Sfoth Ghost before, so how far away is it from where we are currently? You are very close. Now, normally... um, there is Karazda the Maze, and you have to pass through that to get to Svogthos. You walked a good bit of the outer area of that maze to get here. Uh, you noticed along that route that the maze that is normally fairly empty is full of Golgari, who seem to be preparing for something. They were gathering weapons, armor, things of that sort. Uh, you all found some quote-unquote disguises to wear, 
Uh, and by that, I mean one of you shapeshifted, the other one is a spider, and the uh, smirt is just kind of wrapped up in gunk. Uh, it's very good. Yeah, so you should probably mention at this point, so I have shapeshifted into a more masculine troll form, and I'm going to use he, him pronouns from here out. Well, I mean, from here out, as long as this face lasts. Um, yes, and so you've all sort of tried to look the part of the Golgari. Um, where you were deposited was sort of a secret entrance uh, in the maze, uh, that now has left you sort of in a liminal space, someone's home. Uh, you don't know exactly how long it'll take you to get to Svogthos from here, because clearly this is some sort of secret passage known only to the, the higher-ranking Golgari members. It looks as uh, Izoni seems to be trying to usher you through this apartment home, uh, away from the door that you entered from. So there's some exit that she wants to take you out of that's not the way you came in. Okay, basically I'm just trying to get a feel for how long I would have to wild shape before. I don't want to run out of my next wild shape before we reach wherever we're going. And You you will know when you are about to reach Svogthos, I will tell you that. <laughs> it is a very noticeable building. Yeah, so Azoni has started to sort of walk towards uh, another exit from her apartment um, through this sort of noble-looking room, Um She's sort of drowning out and ignoring this conversation of other worlds, and you start wondering if maybe she's doing this on purpose, or if she just thinks you're all absolutely out of your minds. I just think she's not very smart. So, real quick, I, as, as, as we're walking out, I, uh, I cast a message at uh, Bendarin, and I go, Bendarin, Bendarin, uh, I don't trust or like any of these people. Are we going to really kill this rascal lady? I'm going to respond. I'm not sure I'm, I, I'm not sure that I'm going to respond. I agree with you. I'm not sure that I want to kill anybody either. I'm just going to watch how things play out. Let's, let's see who this Vraska person is first. I mean, I, at the very least, give her the courtesy of blowing her up to her face, you know. Azoni sort of walks through this little foyer area uh, and there's this large uh, stonework door that has a symbol of the Golgari built into it. Uh, and she stops and, and motions to it and she says, Now, whenever you're ready, uh, it's not a very far walk, but we will have to walk to the Svogthos meeting room. Um, try and look, Golgari. And she sort of gives a look at uh, at you, Smirt. I, uh, I reactivate my stink. <laughs> and i will say once i'm back into a spider you can get on top of me so that you're slightly obscured excellent so i'll turn back into a spider I, I continue to look like your lunch yeah she's uh she's going to motion and the door will be pushed open by a little swarm of insects that crawl along the wall and floor and just sort of open this stone door uh and you look out from there and you see this sort of winding path that is going down and through this sort of fungal growth. And you can see pretty close by, uh, maybe about a 10-minute walk at most, uh, the spires of Svogthos, which was once an Orzovian cathedral. It looks absolutely gorgeous if you're into, you know, cathedrals covered in rot. And she just simply starts walking in that direction. 
She has this very noble bearing about herself. Um, you don't see anyone else in this area. It seems to be more of a private, secluded area of the under uh, the Undercity. Kind of shamble behind her. I continue to look like lunch. <laughs> Actually, can I do one more thing before we exit that house? Sure. I would like to cast Bestial Spirit since it lasts an hour before I turn into a spider. Uh, absolutely. I have no idea what that does. Uh, so basically, I call forth the spirit of a beast. The mm-hmm. spirit manifests physically as in an unoccupied space that so you can see within range. Corporeal form uses a beast spirit stat block below, or which is on the spell there. Uh, when you cast a spell, choose an environment, air, land, or water. I'm going to choose air because I want it to look like a fly. And the creature physically resembles an animal of your choice that is native to the chosen environment, which uh, it's going to look like one of uh, Izoni's flies, like or insects hmm. that flies. Um, the creature is friendly to you and your companions for this spell's duration. In combat, the creature shares your initiative count, but it takes its turn immediately after mine. It obeys verbal commands that you issue to it. No verbal, no action required. If you don't issue any, it defends itself or otherwise takes no action. And my, the, the only uh, command that I will make before I turn into a giant spider is that I tell it to attack who I attack. Azoni seems to pay very little attention to this because she understands that you are an elf and you are probably some sort of druid and just accepts that you're an assassin that she's hired. So no reaction from her as you make the spell. Um, I'm not sure if your party members react, but nope, nothing from his own. Also, I'm sorry. the The action, the command is attack, why attack, or defense spurt. <laughs> Yay! All right, Ben Darren's always so thoughtful. So she leads the uh, the three of you in your uh, well hidden sort of spirit um, through this pathway and to. Uh, Svagthos, and as you all start approaching, you can see um, this ornate entryway to the seat of Golgari power, uh, and standing in front of it appears to be a figure. Uh, it's some a very regal-looking zombie. You can tell from a distance that this figure is a zombie because the face looks almost like a skull, uh, but this figure is wearing an outfit of fungi and bone that can only really be described as fashion. Um, it looks beautiful. Uh, as you approach and get closer, um, Azoni is walking very purposely, but she stops abruptly right in front of this this figure uh, who speaks to you all in a voice that sounds like dead leaves being blown across a grave. She says, Greetings, Makta Azoni, and assorted company. Is there a reason you're accompanied by a smelly goblin wrapped in some detritus? Azoni just sort of coughs a little bit and shoots a glance over her shoulder at you, Smirt, and she goes, <clears throat> Storov, I don't have much time to discuss it with you. I'll speak with you further during the meeting. Excuse us. And Azoni just walks right past her through the entrance to uh, Svagthos. Uh, she stops only for a moment to motion for y'all to follow her. Um, and as, as we walk past, I kind of put my hand up to the side of my mouth and whisper at Storov and, and kind of sneakily point at Smart. They're a sacrifice. <laughs> Storov just goes, oh dear. Um. So once you are through the doors, assuming the three of you just proceed, yep. it's this, you know, the inside of, of Svogthos is this grand 
just sort of monument to the power of the Golgari and especially to Vraska, who has absolutely filled the place with stone statues of, um, statues aren't really a good way to describe it, stone victims um, of faces sort of contorted into fear who've been turned into stone by her power. Um, Azoni seems totally unperturbed by it and actually sort of leads you around some of them to a uh, side room close to the entrance uh, that appears to be maybe set up for a place for attendants to be waiting. There's some chairs, a table, uh, several coat racks. Um, it doesn't appear to have been used for a very long time. But she motions for the three of you to enter as quickly as you can. Uh, you do fit as a giant spider, by the way. All of these doors are made for the size of trolls and other uh, giants and amalgamations of sewn-together flesh that the Golgari might have created. And once you're inside, uh, Azoni just looks to the three of you and says, uh, just wait in here. Once you hear Vraska arrive, just cut her off at the door. Uh, you should be able to hear from here as she comes in. I must attend to the court and the meeting. If Vraska never arrives and I am pronounced Guildmaster, you will be paid handsomely. If she does arrive, simply kill her. And once I'm Guildmaster, you will all be forgiven. Does that make sense? Uh, I did understand the words. Yes. Perfect. Now just remember, keep your eyes closed when you're around her. She's very powerful. I must attend to this. Uh, just keep your ears open. If she gets past and she interrupts this meeting and I am not made the Guildmaster of the Golgari, I will personally make sure you all are punished handsomely. Uh, farewell and uh, good luck. And Azoni just sort of about faces and walks out the door. Okay, bye! You can hear her footfalls as she sort of takes her way down this long stone path that is lined on either side with these statues. Uh, so yeah, the three of you have just been deposited in this room. Uh, what are you doing? Stop saying I'm deposited in room. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna hop off uh, Bandaran and uh, look around and see if there's a place where we can can kind of see what's going on out there. Oh, uh, so there's not really a place you can see what's going on, but the door opens out into the hall, and you're not far from the entrance, and the way that the door opens, you probably can open it up so that you can hear any sounds coming down the hall. Um, what is in this room? Like, what kind of furniture? Mostly just old... Maybe rotten wooden chairs. There's a table in the middle of the room. Uh, several hooks for coats and other clothing items. Um, it seems to be mostly used for storage and for people to wait. Is there anything on the table? The table is completely barren with the exception of some fungal growths and spider webs underneath. Okay, I'm going to climb up and lie down on the table and relax a little. You find a wonderful little growth of fungus that works perfectly as a pillow. Hell yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, how how high is the ceiling in this room? Uh, the ceiling of this room, so this entire building is fairly ornate. The ceiling is probably a good 25 to 30 feet tall. Okay. And were there are there any spiderwebs visible on the ceiling? or? Absolutely. There are spiderwebs everywhere in this room. Awesome. I will take advantage of that and I will climb up those spider webs. They are uh, made by smaller spiders than you are, so I don't know if you'll be able to climb them. Well, then I will take the time to start spinning my own webs. 
Yeah. So um, I will say you you're all in there for quite a quite a little while. I'd say maybe five or ten minutes, uh, and you don't really hear anything. About fifteen twenty minutes in. Um, for those of you who are awake and paying attention, give me a perception check. Uh, that is a seventeen. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> See, th- this is how you win D and D. You just take naps. <laughs> and then you don't have to do any rolls, and you can't fail your rolls. Yeah, so, uh, Ruse, you're not paying any attention. Smart, you you hear something, but you don't hear it as clearly as Bindaran does. Bindaran, you hear the first part of this very clearly, coming from down the hallway towards where y'all entered. Uh, you hear that voice of the zombie uh, Storav say, Greetings, Guildmaster Zarek. Greetings, Guildmaster Kaya. The Golgari Swarm welcomes you to Svagthos. Oh no. You hear that very clearly, Bindaran. Smirt, you don't hear this. Ruse, you don't oh, hear that. Okay. Instead, the two of you hear uh, a much more urgent woman's voice coming from the entrance saying, This is a time of crisis. We've come to meet with Mazarek. And then you hear Storov sigh and say, Follow me. Um, at that, you can hear the sound of Storev walking down the hallway. She's moves like the sound of wind rustling through dead tree branches. Uh, <laughs> behind her, you can hear a lot of feet, actually. Um, all of you can hear these sounds echoing around. Uh, there's at least uh, a heavy pair of boots, a light, lighter pair of boots, uh, another pair of feet that are in a softer shoe. Um, just sort of walking very purposely down the hallway. Okay. Um, do I... So... You can go look out the door if you'd like. You can sure. s- listen closer. Sure. I will climb... Like, I will climb using the roof and then look down from the top of the door looking out. Uh, you see, walking past past this room in the hallway... Uh, Some figures who don't seem to pay any attention to you because you are a spider in Golgari territory. It's fairly normal. Uh, As you see what appears to be Storev leading a man wearing some sort of it contraption. Uh, You probably don't recognize him if you haven't been to Ravnica recently. Uh, A woman who none of you would recognize, but is clearly not a uh, any sort of Gorgon. Um, she's wearing this ornate sort of Orzov looking garb, uh, and a younger man, probably late teens, wearing some sort of weird tunic, who looks very out of place and very uncomfortable, uh, following behind Storev. Okay. So I, I notice, uh, I, I notice, um, Bendaran go to look at the door. And I'm going to walk up and, and peek out after him. And do I see the same group or have they already walked by? Uh, they're getting pretty far down the hallway now. They're moving with quite a bit of purpose. Um, you recognize Raul's Eric. You would know him uh, as having interacted with the Izzet. Raul. All right. But yeah, uh, there there does not appear to be a Gorgon among them, though. Uh, well, I I do we follow them or do we wait here? What do you think? I, I just kind of lean my head up a little bit from the table and say, I don't know, it's pretty comfy here. Uh, you know, we could, you know, just stay here for a couple hours, get some nice rest. Uh, you know, it would be nice. 
Bindaran shakes his head or heads and um, points at Smurt as if to say, your choice. Well, Ral Zarek's kind of a dick, so I don't <laughs> particularly want to go over there and deal with that. And this just got a whole lot more complicated for me. I was hoping to come back to the Izzet one day, but he was working on this Project Lightning Bug thing that might have outed me as a planeswalker. And when I told him to, to maybe not work on that project, he told me to get lost. So I'm not a big fan of this guy. Bindar nods and says, and climbs up over the door and is just waiting. Yeah, it's uh, it's only a, a minute or so of silence. You can hear the sounds of what maybe far into the distance are people discussing something. Uh, you hear at least uh, one person say uh, something, and then there's a silence for a little while, as if something scandalous has just been announced. Um, it's very difficult to perceive what exactly they're saying but it's also really quiet now where you are it's almost as if no one is in this building except for the people in that room and because of that all of you can hear it as those the major giant doors that lead to Sfogthos sort of slowly creak open just a little bit once more um and then you hear the sounds of bootfall coming down the hallway and it's it's almost as if this person is trying to move quietly. Okay. Uh, can we peek out? I'll, I'm going to peek out and see who it is. Yep. Same. You peek out and there's a figure who is moving down the hallway pretty, pretty slowly, pretty cautiously and quietly. Um, they've already passed your room. They moved very quickly for how slowly or how uh, quietly they're moving. Um, so you only see the back of them and you see sort of this shrouded shape that appears to be wearing uh, leather gloves and leather boots uh, and has a sword of some kind dangling from their side. Uh, but you can't really make out any details. Was was that her? Was that a, was that a Gorgon? I kind of raised my arms while still lying on the table like, hey, how am I supposed to know? Uh, the sounds coming from this room are actually going to make that figure stop moving. I have a feeling like I, I okay. So I have a question. Mm-hmm. I was purposely just waiting over the door so that if I heard anything, I could just peek down. Mm-hmm. Like so, would I've been able to see this person from the front? You so this person, the sound of their footfalls and the way that they're moving uh, was quiet enough that by the time you got to the door and sort of peeked over, um, they had just passed the room, so you did not see the front of their face. Okay, um, okay, I will clatter down stealthily then, I guess. Like, I'll climb down stealthily. Uh, roll me a stealth check. Uh, 22. Alright, are you attempting to exit the door and go out into the main hall? Uh, how high is the door? Uh, it's like a 10 to 11 foot tall door. That's a pretty tall door. Yeah, so I'll, I'll try to stay on the wall and climb climb up the walls. Yeah, so you, you exit the room and start quietly, very stealthily climb, uh, crawling up the walls, and this figure is still stopped. They don't turn or seem to have uh, noticed you moving out, um, but they are just sort of stopped in place, and it looks like they may be tense, and they're sort of... Uh, they cock their head a little bit, and you, you think maybe they're listening 
uh, to the conversation that's happening in the other room. Hmm. Bandaran, is that her? Is that her? I don't know. <laughs> you just shrug like mm. six six shoulders or something. Eight shoulders. Yep. Uh, just just two. Just two. Just okay. Two. Uh. All right. All right. Well, if we can't tell if it's her or not, I guess we gotta go out there and and, and look and get a little closer. Ah, uh, fine. And I grumpily get off the table. All right. Uh, should I should I roll for stealth to see if I can uh, sneak up closer without announcing my presence? <laughs> that is up to you to decide if that's how you want to approach it. I'm I'm gonna sneak up Looney Tunes style. The didn didn't, and I'm gonna roll for stealth here. Twenty two. So I'm just gonna get up to about you know. 10 15 feet to see if i can tell if it's if if the figure is a gorgon or not the the figure um does not turn around because they don't notice that you've come out of that room quite yet uh so from behind you see this figure wearing some sort of cape and hood um they're surprisingly tall much taller than you'd expect uh but how much experience does Smart really have with Gorgons? Like, what height do you expect a Gorgon to be? Definitely taller than a goblin. I I have no idea how. <laughs> so here's here's <laughs> what I'm gonna do in classic Smart fashion from that ten or fifteen feet away. I'm gonna go. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. Are 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 you Vraska? Uh, so are the three of you in the hallway? Or are you still in the room? Uh, ruse. Uh, I think I'm in. So, so the room we are in opens up into like a foyer, which is it opens up to the main hall. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, yeah, I'm I'm just kind of like I guess standing in the doorway. Uh, so then all three of you can see as the figure uh reaches up with its gloved hands and uh simultaneously lowers the hood as it turns around to face you. Closing eyes. My, my my eyes are wide open. Same. Uh, then, Bindaran, you don't see this, but uh, Ruse and Smurt, you see uh, what appears to be a maybe six and a half foot tall uh, person with bright blue skin and a completely bald head. Um, and their face on one side has these scars going down it. Clearly of a Dalkin. But there is a little something unusual about this Vidalkin. Um, Smurt, have you spent any time on Kaladesh? I sure have. You instantly recognize that this Vidalkin is a Kaladeshi Vidalkin. Uh, despite being bald, even though the Kaladeshi Vidalkin can grow hair, um, this one has these sort of telltale uh, six-fingered hands. And both of the hands have six-fingered leather gloves on. Uh, as he turns and sort of looks at the the three of you and just goes, no, I'm not Vraska, but I think the three of you are who I'm looking for. Hi, I'm Smirk. Hold on. Pause. Out of character. Do I specifically, the human gamer here, know this character? You might. <laughs> We're going to find out. Uh, because actually what I need all three of you to do now is roll initiative. Nine. Thirteen. Uh, that is a natural twenty plus six, so twenty-six. Jeez. 
Hey, look, this is not where I want to use my crits, but, you know, whatever. Okay. Um, so, uh, standing in front of you, Ruse, is a uh, person who is definitely not Vraska. Looks very out of place, uh, Vidalkin. Um, as this man, uh, he's very masculine looking, has turned around. Uh, you can see that he is wearing an outfit that looks very out of place for Ravnica. Um, in fact, there's sort of like a buckled uh, aesthetic to a lot of his outfit. Um, if any of you have spent time on Innistrad, you'd recognize he seems to be wearing something uh, from Innistrad. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> Chris, and he... <laughs> can, I, can I just say outside the game, outside of character, as a human gamer, I appreciate you. <laughs> um so he he looks over the three of you uh and he's he says of course um i think the three of you are who i'm looking for and initiative roll ruse you have the first action of this encounter <laughs> has he made any threatening moves we rolled initiative no roll, but that is you're in initiative but that doesn't mean you're in combat you're just in initiative order so um so i uh how how far away is he uh, he's probably about thirty feet down the hallway from that door. All right. I, uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of like throw my shoulders back, puff out my chest, and and do do a kind of troll swagger. Uh, and I'm gonna do an intimidation roll and say, uh, "You're looking for us. How do you know we're not looking for you? Why don't you tell us who you are? Why you're looking for us right now?" And then I do like a Shrek roar. <laughs> uh, give me an intimidation roll. Uh, that's a twenty-one. Uh. Let me... What do I roll against intimidation? Um, um, isn't it like a charisma save or a constitution save? Let's do a charisma save. Uh, he looks a little taken back by you, um, not expecting a giant troll. And he, he sort of takes a couple of steps back and looks a little concerned and frightened, um, but not incredibly intimidated. Uh, as he just sort of looks, peers towards you and goes, Oh, it's not the shape I was expecting. My, uh, master told me you were a little different the last encounter. Bindaran, it's your turn. I'll roll an insight check to see if this man means us harm or if he's... Because that, that, that's kind of menacing knowing that he's, he knows why we're here. Uh, yeah, roll an insight check. I don't, I don't like that this character <laughs> knows who I am. Yeah, uh, that's... I'm rolling a lot of 11s tonight. That's another 17. Uh, with a 17, uh, you can tell that he has one hand up towards his chin as if he's examining, and the other one is hovering right over his blade. He appears to be ready for a fight. Okay. I will attempt to web him. That is a 22 to hit. So if it hits, uh, he is restrained, and as an action, the restrained target can make a DC 12 strength saving throw, or strength check, not saving throw, bursting the web on a success. It can also be attacked. So uh, your web sort of flies out at him, and he was not entirely expecting it. Um, and you can tell as it flies at him, and he looks a little shocked, uh, but he reaches up with that hand that was at his dagger um, and clutches something along his neck and you can see the web go errant and it seems to go past him uh, 
as if something sort of shielded him directly in front of him. Sure. Uh, and he has used one of his legendary saves for the ground for this round. Sure. Uh, I will rush to. So, how close is Smurt to him? Uh, Smurt's about fifteen feet. I will say, uh, using your insight check and the web would probably take up most of your turn. Generally, checks would be um, using a skill would count as uh, technically it's supposed to count as an action. I count it as like a bonus action or as like a movement. I mean, could I have just used my passive insight then? Because it's a 16 versus the 17 that I rolled. Because I just want to move at this point. I, like, I'm just moving. Okay. Um, so, Smart is 15 feet away from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, how far away from him am I? Uh, you're about 30 feet away from him. So, Smart's about halfway between you. Okay. I'm going to climb. I'm going to be on the wall next to Smart, I guess. All right. Um, at this point, the, uh, mysterious, uh, Vidalcan stranger, uh, removes his hand from where you could see what looked to be some sort of, like, filigreed amulet around his neck. Um, and he doesn't reach for his blade this time. Instead, he just takes his other hand and holds it out. And with all six fingers, splayed wide. Mm-hmm. Forgot something. My bestial spirit. It goes, it, it goes on the turn after, it goes right after my turn. Okay. I guess the bestial spirit will just uh, go up and it is going to use the help action on the next person to attack. It's going to fly by and like start uh, pestering him in the, like buffeting him with its wings and then fly away. All right. Um, So your insectoid spirit flies at him and he seems very distracted by it. Um, He doesn't appear to have his guard up as much as he did uh when you would try to web him so definitely whoever attacks next would have some sort of advantage uh but he holds up his six-fingered hand and you can sort of see the beginnings of magic work around it and uh let me check this spell real quick (laughs) uh yep this is kind of gross um as uh the ground around the feet of all three of you uh, sort of this entire hall with the exception from where he's standing back to the main door. So going from where he is pretty much all the way to the front of this building, um, some sort of gateway to the dark, some darkness fills the space and the region becomes inky black. Uh, And from where you are, this sort of void of space is filled with a cacophony of soft, soft whispers and slurping noises. Oh, wonderful. Slurp. Any of the phosphorescent uh, fungi that had been lighting the hallway is just extinguished. You can't see any sources of light in this space anymore. You all find yourselves to just be blinded by darkness. Uh, it almost feels as if you've been sort of warped into some sort of void uh, like you've planeswalked into nothing. Yeah, so uh, he casts this spell, assuming none of you have counterspell. Um, and Smirt, it is your turn. Uh, at the start of your turn, the chill of the void of this space uh, deals nine damage to you. What? <laughs> oh, I don't like this guy at all. Yep. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, so on my turn, so inky. When you say inky blackness, is it like a magical darkness? Can I see the other yeah. person? You are blind. Uh, where you are right now, you cannot see anything. Um, but I mean, he cast the spell, so you assume if you just kept running forward, you might get out of it, or running backwards or some direction. Uh, I will. So I was about 15 feet from him. Mm-hmm. So where is everyone related in relation to me? They're all they're all behind me some ways, right? I was on the wall next to you. Uh, I am behind you. Okay. I think like maybe like five or some feet. My bestial spirit is five feet behind the or not five feet. It's 10 feet behind the uh, the guy. All right. Um. I am going to cast Thunder Wave in the 15-foot cube in front of me, uh, which would catch this person right. if he was still there. Uh, so uh, he needs to do a uh, DC 14 constitution save. Uh, he fails. So he takes... Oh, that's disappointing. He takes five damage uh, and is pushed back 10 feet. Uh, and then I will use my mm-hmm. move to uh, move forward that like to about 15, 20 feet. Yeah. So you run forward um, after blasting this thunderous wave uh, and you pop out of the darkness that you were in. Um, you can see behind you, if you glance over real quick, that there is this sort of wall of impenetrable darkness behind you and those slurping noises. Uh, and you see that this mysterious figure has been pushed and, like, is sort of crouching uh, about ten feet away from you. He's still concentrating on that spell, though, right? He is still concentrating on that spell. He rolled a nat 20 on his uh, concentration check. So, uh, as I run forward uh, and emerge into light and I can see the person again, uh, my cannon on my shoulder... Um, takes aim at him, and I say, Hi! I'm smart! And I blast him with the Force Ballista, uh, which is... What is the... Matt has advantage if it's an attack roll. Excellent. It is an attack roll. Does the... Is the Force Ballista acting as, like, a bonus action? Yeah, it's a, it's a bonus. I, I, Mm -hmm. I can, as a bonus action, I can make it move and attack. Nice. And, let's see... 2d8 uh but what is it oh it has it it's an attack roll right yeah hold on uh to hit plus six okay there we go sorry i had to find the so it is a 22 to hit uh that will hit and it does uh only sadly four damage oh uh eight damage four plus four and uh pushes the person back another five feet all right. I think. Let me just double check. Uh, yes, five feet away from the cannon. <laughs> All right. He is uh, slides across the floor as the cannon blasts into him, and he sort of spits out curse under his breath and goes, I know who you are. <laughs> uh, Ruse, it's your turn. Uh, at the start of your turn, you are going to take... Uh, because the darkness has curved around and uh, also included you. Let me make sure I find the right. And still concentrating here. after taking that damage from the shot, right? Oh, let me check there. It was only eight damage. 
Uh, yes. Wait, so what am I doing? You take seven cold damage from this magical darkness that is surrounding you. Okay. As you feel these, like, tentacles run across your leg and your arms coming from the darkness. I, uh, to, to myself, I, I kind of do, like, a little dramatic shiver. Ooh, haven't felt that since uh, the taverns at Shark Bay. I was, like, five feet behind Smurt. Um, so I can, I'm just going to walk forward and um, I'm going to do a persuasion roll here. I'm, I'm going to kind of, well, I, I guess before I do that, I'm going to kind of address Smurt and uh, Bendar and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This guy knows, this guy knows who I am, which is really weird. Shouldn't, like, kill him or anything. I need to know how he knows who I am. Uh, and then addressing this fellow, um, do a persuasion roll. I'm just like, yo, you know who I am. That's weird. I don't know who you are. I don't like that. Um, you know, but, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever you want, let's talk. If you wanted to kill me, you'd fight me like a not coward but you're doing a coward thing so let's let's talk hey maybe <laughs> do the thing Ro- roll a persuasion check uh that is a 23 he he lets up a little bit and you see him sort of uh take this moment to assume more of a you know defensive stance and he he sort of looks at you and he goes oh i know who you are ruse if you remember, it wasn't very long ago that you encountered another one of the followers of my esteemed patron. The the, the what? And that will uh that will be uh your turn unless you you've used your movement and I would say that that persuasion check was a was a good old action unless oh, you yeah. have a bonus action you want to do. Uh no. My my bonus action is sneak attacking. That is not happening. All right, uh, Bendarin, you are the last person in this sort of magical darkness, uh, and you will take three cold damage uh, as these sort of tentacles writhe over your s- spidery body. Okay. Um, let's see if my web recharges. It does. I am going to um, climb... I'm going to skitter out of the the the, the inky darkness. I assume. Mm-hmm. I will be up on the roof of this corridor. I guess. How far away is he from us, or from me at this point, or from where I started? He was thirty feet from where you started, but now, uh, or like fifteen feet from where you started, but he's been pushed back like fifteen more feet, so he's about thirty feet away now. Okay. I am going to um, give myself... I'm going to have my bestial spirit give me advantage again. Or no, he can't do that. It's after my turn. Uh, I'm going to shoot my web at him again. Try to restrain him. That's a 19 on the die, so that should definitely hit. So 24 to hit. Uh, A 24 would hit him, um, but he... Again, you see the flash from this clockwork amulet that he's wearing, uh, or filigreed amulet that stops the restraint. Um, does the web deal any damage, or does it just... No. Okay. He he seems to have some sort of magical effect that might be uh, a legendary effect that he gets uh, a couple of times per combat that stops him from taking negative status effects. Right. 
Um, I'm going to skitter up next to him. All right. And then my um, my bestial spirit's just going to attack him. Okay. 18 to hit. Uh, an 18 will hit. Uh, so that's 10 damage. Oh, wow. All right. He uh, appears very upset with all of you. Um, I didn't do anything. <laughs> well, he seems upset. You see him sort of hold out his six-fingered hand, uh, and he's wearing uh, these leather gloves, and the glove of his hand sort of glows with this eerie power. Um, and he is going to make an Eldritch Blast attack on uh, you, Bendaren. With disadvantage, because I'm right next to him. Sure. It is still going to be a 14 to hit. Uh, that hits. So that's going to be two damage. Uh, and then another Eldritch Blast comes at you, uh, which will be eight to hit. Misses. Uh, and then another Eldritch Blast comes out at you, which will be uh, nine to hit. Misses. And then another Eldritch Blast comes out at you, which will be another nine to hit. Jesus Christ, I've been rolling really poorly. <laughs> oh, I'm taking all the good rolls this session. Apparently. Smart really intimidated him. No, that was literally three dice, three d20 in a row that uh, were less than five. He then sort of uh, grits his teeth at the three of you and says, this is a lot more difficult than I expected it to be. You seemed so unprepared for what you faced on Ikoria. And that will be uh, his turn. Uh, Smirk, it's your turn. Well, you see... If your boss did tell you about us, but you're still here and you're not being very nice, your boss clearly wanted you dead. And uh, as I'm saying that, arcane energy gathers around my hands and I cast uh, cast Chaos Bolt at him uh, for 14. Uh, a 14 will not hit him. Ah. <laughs> Smart, like, just looks and, like it, it, it blasts off to the side and I stomp my foot a little bit and then my cannon takes aim uh, and rolls a nat 20. Um, so how, how do we handle crits again? <laughs> uh, double the damage dice, but you don't double anything else. So All if right. it's uh, d8 plus four or whatever, it would be 2d8 plus four. Okay, so it's 8 damage plus 4, so it's 20 damage total then? No, you don't double the you double the dice you roll. So if you have a d8, you roll 2 d8s instead of... Oh, alright, well I have uh-huh. 2 d8s, so do I roll 4 d8s then? Uh, yes. Okay, so I'll just roll 2 more. 8 plus 7, so 19 damage. Alright. And he's knocked back another 5 feet. Alright, so he gets knocked back 5 feet. Uh, I have a question. How many five yep. feet are left at the end of this room? <laughs> um, this is a really long, ornate hallway. Uh, he's it. still a good, like, 40 feet away from the doors to that chamber where people were talking okay. earlier. Bruce, it is your turn. Uh, how far away from me is he now? Uh, he's five... F- well, you did not run up to him. You just walked out of the darkness, so he's probably... Yeah, I was probably, on, like, the edge of darkness. Yeah, he's probably about 20 feet away from you. Okay. Uh, let me go ahead and roll. Yeah, his uh, the darkness that was behind you has disappeared, by the way. Okay. <laughs> As he, he definitely lost concentration on that spe- uh, spell. 
I don't know. I want to roll like if I know him. Is does that be like a history? Um, he did just mention Ikoria, uh, yeah. and if you remember correctly, but you I, you faced. I, I, I mean yeah. him specifically. I would say that would just be a straight. Um, <laughs> you're gonna hate to do this. I think that would be a straight intelligence uh, check for you. I mean, it's a it's a minus three whether it's just an intelligence yeah. check or uh, history, but you know, ruse. <laughs> I I, I kind of uh, I'm kind of like directly behind um, Smart, and I'm like, "Be careful, Smart! I'm about to do something dangerous." And uh, now I'm going to roll intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get? Well, we have a sobering fact here, which is, uh, you know, even if I had a plus three, it probably wouldn't matter because I rolled a five, so uh, that's going to be a two. Uh, you are pretty confident that you have no idea who this person is. You don't remember him at all. I'm gonna kind of stop my foot in frustration, reach into my coat, pull out uh my remaining whale ivory dagger, and just kind of yeet it at his face. All right, roll me an <laughs> attack roll. That's <laughs> uh, a twenty-three. Uh, that's gonna hit him. Uh, it's gonna be five damage. All right. Uh, you throw the dagger at him, and it just lunges through the air and like sticks in his shoulder. I kind of just shout, "Who are you?" And he reaches up and grabs <laughs> the dagger. Uh, Bindarin, it is your turn. Bindarin is tired of trying to restrain and take the peaceful him out, so he's going to just lay into him with his. He's going to get behind him, and he's going to. Bite into him. Well, let's see if I get my web back. I do, but I'm not going to use it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to bite into him. I'm rolling really well tonight. Uh, that is a 22 to hit. Uh, that's going to hit. Jesus. Get him, Bendarin. Get him. That's a seven seven points of piercing damage, and I need him to make a constitution saving throw. Uh, so as you go to bite him... Um, your teeth come down uh, and you find that they're actually lodged in what appears to be a thick coat of ice as he looks up and sees you coming down on him and the hit that would normally you assume just really, really hurt him uh, has just been met with a wall of ice that has completely covered his entire body. Cool. It is. It's ice. Yeah, uh, for those of you who are uh, interested in knowing, that is, uh, in D&D speak, the Tomb of Levistus, which is once per short rest. As a reaction, when you take damage, you can entomb yourself in ice, which melts away at the end of your next turn, gaining 70 temporary hit points. So, he is now just a block of ice. Um, well then my bug friend will take the help action. Alright. Uh, it is now his turn, um... And at the end of his turn, the ice uh, appears to melt away. Uh, but that is the end of his turn. So, uh, Smurt, it is your turn. All right. I, uh, after um, unleashing all of my, uh, some spells, I reach in to my uh, bag of holding and I pull out a uh, uh, kind of gently sparking uh crossbow that's clearly been modified 
And uh, I, I pull it out and I say, uh, now it's time for the negotiation. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wanted it to sound really stupid, but it came out extra stupid. So, okay. Uh, and then I'm going to take aim. I'm just going to shoot him with my uh, repeating light crossbow. Uh, as you do, his eyes flash at you, this sort of bright red, and you feel as if you were at disadvantage. So that cancels out with the help action that I just put with my pet, right? Or with yep. my bee spirit, so. Uh, as he uses an entropic ward of some kind. So, how, d- if it cancels, just a straight roll. roll. Alright, uh, mm-hmm. 25. A 25 will hit. How are you rolling so high? All of you. <laughs> uh, it deals seven damage. Uh, okay. Chris, these are called pro strats. I, I suggest you start using them. Actually, I don't because you're my enemy. In so he takes the crossbow to the other shoulder, and now he has a dagger in one shoulder and a crossbow bolt in the other one. Uh, Ruse, it is your turn. Well, now, Ruse angry. I have a question. How do we want... So, like, the shape changer ability is supposed to take a full action. That seems lame. Um, I will say that you can use it as your movement instead if you'd like. Uh, well, that's also not ideal. So I think what's gonna happen is uh, I'm going to big pouty stomp up to him and uh slash with my cutlass just gonna kind of as i'm as i'm unsheathing it do a big upward slash at him all right uh give me an attack roll uh that is a non-natural 20 uh that will hit him it's artificial it's like a chicken nugget 20 Mm -hmm. dirty 20 uh that will be six damage is that with sneak attack slashing huh is that with sneak attack? Because we're next to him. Or at least I'm next to him. Uh, sneak attack is a bonus action, so I haven't done that yet. You add it to it. It just takes the it takes the spot of your bonus action. So you would just add the damage die to this damage. Sneak attack uh, is gonna be... Another five. Well, I'll, I'll bring the sword uh, back down. He seems to be very hurt. And, uh, Bindaran, it is your turn. Gonna go to bite into him again. All right. Natural 20. All right. Uh, roll damage. We're the best. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love this dice. Our our crack team. Eight. Oh, and he needs to make a constitution saving throw as well, because there's poison attached to this. Sure. Uh, so that's uh, that's 11 piercing damage. Yeah, 21 on his constitution save. So 11 piercing damage and uh, and 21 poison on a failed save, but he passed, so it's 10 uh, poison right. damage. And... If he if if he goes to zero, he is stable but poisoned and is unconscious. Uh, he does not go to zero. Uh, he actually goes to uh, two hit points. Um, oh, as... and then my little thing gets to hit him. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, Maybe. I didn't even blast him with my cannon. That definitely <laughs> hits. That's a nineteen on the die. 
at this point, the plot armor will take into place as you hit him and he knocks back. Uh, and he turns to face the three of you. Uh, and at that very moment, uh, you hear what appears to be some sort of raucous noise from the other room. And he turns and looks there and then looks towards the door. And um, he sort of spits out what appears to be some sort of odd colored blood from his mouth, pulls out the dagger that you had thrown at him and drops it to the ground as he says, maybe now's not the time, but soon if you survive this. Uh, and he just sort of, the the clockwork amulet he has around his neck or filigreed sort of look amulet that he has begins to spin wildly and he just disappears. I I gesture incredulously. Well, how come he gets to do a big runaway? I want to try to planeswalk now. <laughs> um, so you can try and planeswalk. Uh, as you are doing that, you realize it does not work quite yet. Um, but uh, if you want to roll me perception checks. Sure. That is a 24. This dice is on fire yep. tonight. Yeah, yes, it is. Uh, you... <laughs> I'm Ruse, are you rolling perception? Do you do you care to perceive? Wait, did, did did Jay roll yet? Yeah, I did. Nineteen. Alright. So we brought wait, Brian, what did you get? Twenty-four. So we got a twenty-four and a nineteen. And I just wanna say it's been really nice having good rolls with y'all, but I have a five. <laughs> uh, Ruse, you don't hear it. Uh Bindaran and Smirt, you hear the doors at the end that you came through fly open. And then immediately slam back shut as you are now left alone in this hallway uh, with this person's mysterious blood on the ground. At that very moment, you all hear uh, the sound of what appears to be sort of like a popping noise mixed with the sound of maybe stones cracking uh, and the creak of like wooden boards on a ship, maybe. And it all happens at one moment. And at that very second, you hear what appears to be someone uh, coming from that other room where they were all meeting earlier say, <clears throat> Vraska comes to claim Vraska's throne. God dang it. And that's where we're going to end this adventure. <laughs> hold, hold on. Uh, can I can I do yeah. one more quick thing before we end the adventure? Yes. <laughs> uh, I look down at the ground uh, and say, oh, free dagger, and uh, pick up my dagger and put it back in my <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Been darn face palms with four hands or four spider legs. Uh so that's where we're going to end this adventure, I believe. Um and uh it does not end at the end of the War of the Spark story, so I want all of you to think about what your characters are going to do after this encounter with the mysterious Vidalkan stranger. Chris, I do appreciate uh this Vidalkan, so uh I this is a character who appeared in a uh, kind of little mini campaign Chris ran um, on our Discord server last year uh, on Innistrad. Uh, this character was trying to like capture a demon, like a like in a magic Pokeball thing. Spoilers! Energy. Spoilers! <laughs> Spoilers! Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Look. look. If we encounter this person again, maybe we will learn more, but it didn't seem very talkative. I'm just very excited because as soon as you described them, I was like, hold on, this is not Dovin. I know who this is. <laughs> um, uh, 
uh, had a fun encounter with Eula Stromkirk, my vampire warlock. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, you might have noticed in there I mentioned our Discord server. That is a fun little feature you can have if you uh, and, and be part of if you head over to patreon.com slash Vorthoscast. It's our uh, all our patrons get access to our Discord community where Vorthoses from around the world are losing their minds at this new Force of Will art by uh, Scott Fisher. It's just ridiculous. Uh, we're having uh, having a good time with Double Masters previews. Uh, there's lots of sweet new art in the set and some pretty pretty cool flavor text. I don't know if you saw the Mox Opal, but it's dope. And, uh, you know, we just have a, a nice little corner of the internet with a lot of really wonderful people that we enjoy, uh, you know, talking talking magic and, and not magic and just hanging out with. And we would love for more folks to be part of that community. So, uh, yeah, um, if you head over to Patreon, Patreon and uh, help support the show... Um, that you can keep the show running week after week after week. Uh, we, we can't do this without the help of our wonderful fans. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast. <laughs>